What are we looking at here is a film review podcast. There will be significant spoilers in every episode, so if you haven't seen the movies I'm discussing, please do pause here and go see them before continuing. I talk about all kinds of films and all kinds of topics, so some content may not appeal to you. You can check out the content warnings in the show notes and decide if this episode is right for you. What are we looking at here? Hi everybody, welcome to the show. Today we're talking about destiny and how Luke Skywalker was always following his. The Star Wars franchise is all about destiny. From the Chosen One to the long-term plans of the Rebel Alliance to Vader telling Luke that his destiny is to join the dark side. The Star Wars saga deals heavily in the notion of predetermined paths, characters becoming who they're supposed to be, and mystical senseis who can see glimpses of how events are meant to go. From the very beginning, we watch Luke become a superhero of sorts, carving out good in the galaxy and living up to what seems to be his destiny the one that was outlined to him anyway, by people who were hoping he could help them with their projects. We're excited to follow him on his journey. Will he become a Jedi? Will he give in to the dark side? Will he be able to defeat the bad guys? And of course he's learning all the cool telekinetic stuff, turning into a veritable wizard. He does help people with their projects, He helps the Rebellion and defeats the Emperor and then helps the new Rebellion and becomes the Sensei. The pupil becomes the teacher, and we've been there for all of it. We've seen the whole of Luke's life path, and every step he's taken toward his supposed destiny was another opportunity for us to feel like we were part of something special. But as you might guess from hearing the phrase, he helps the new Rebellion, The Star Wars franchise only seems to be about destiny. It's really just a series of things that didn't go to plan. We get rid of the Emperor and tear down all the statues, only to have the First Order take over as the jerk of the galaxy. And that's just the big plan going basically down the tubes. Virtually nothing goes the way anyone expects, like, ever. The Millennium Falcon never starts. R2-D2, who can fly, apparently, just rolls slowly along as though he has all the time in the world, even when he's being shot at. Luke learns how to be an awesome Jedi, and then apparently considers killing a family member as a way to prevent a possible future he thinks he saw. Is that good? Is he still good? Is there another Palpatine whispering in his ear, or what happened to not acting on fear? Obi-Wan says that if Vader kills him, he'll become more powerful than Vader could ever imagine. But he doesn't. He becomes a ghost, just like every other dead person. He isn't made more powerful at all. And let's not forget about the series of betrayals. Lando working for Vader, Palpatine having ulterior motives, 
Uncle Owen saying Luke could go into town and then changing his mind? Does anything go the way it's supposed to? Or the way we thought it would? Even the real world around the franchise went against the plan, and not just because no one expected it to be so incredibly popular or lucrative. From the toy company forcing Lucas to name the bounty hunter so they could sell kids a four-inch articulated action figure, to fans taking the story so seriously that the actors receive death threats, the entity that is Star Wars has rarely gone the way anyone expected. But things not going to plan doesn't mean there's no element of destiny. The journey is the journey, right? The setbacks and surprises are part of guiding the heroes down their destined path. It might be inconvenient to go through it, but it's supposed to happen. Especially in a story about destiny, all the events, good and bad, are part of what's meant to be. So there was never any need to worry about Luke. He was, by the definition of destiny, always on his way toward it. He was guaranteed to become a Jedi, to take down the Empire, to teach Rey to take his place, and apparently to witness the destruction of the written wisdom of the Jedi faith. Of course, that's just the destiny that Obi-Wan and Yoda saw for Luke, and then, because these two men were his mentors, Luke decided that was the destiny he wanted too and he worked his whole life to achieve those outcomes. They're perfectly good outcomes, and it seems all in all to have been a fairly contented life. He's a good man, a good Jedi, and a good sensei. Until, you know, his foray into attempted murder. As destinies go, it's been pretty good for him, and he's been pretty good at it. Except I don't think any of that was his destiny. It was part of his journey to his destiny, just like meeting Obi-Wan or Han, or watching his friend go off to join the Rebellion, or telling his father he would never join the Dark Side. But becoming a Jedi and a Rebel and a Sensei, and possibly an arsonist, those weren't Luke's destiny. They were just steps toward his true destination, toward the fulfillment of his true purpose in the galaxy. Is that true purpose one that Luke understood and wanted and lived and worked for? I doubt it. In fact, his mentors had counseled him that such a destiny would be the equivalent of failure, especially for a Jedi. He probably spent some time trying very hard not to want it or do it. But by the definition of destiny, he was always on his way toward it. He could have tried to run away from it, I suppose, but the more he did so, the quicker it would have caught up to him. Let's look at Luke's journey from the moment we see him to the moment he leaves. We meet Luke as a young man, still a boy, really, who definitely doesn't want the farmer's life. He wants to fight for the rebellion. He wants to go into Tashi Station for power converters. When he finds Leia's message, of course he wants to help her. But it doesn't hurt that looking up this Obi-Wan fellow would constitute an adventure and not be about farming at all. Much later, Luke goes to find Yoda on Dagobah. He doesn't understand who Yoda is. He feels like his conversation with this little green guy isn't getting him anywhere. He complains that he's wasting his time by sitting there waiting. Yoda is disappointed in Luke and chides him for being impatient. When Luke has the vision about Vader torturing his friends, Yoda even tells him it's a trap, but Luke doesn't care. 
He explains that he can't stay there training on Dagobah when his friends need him. But in his first attempt to rescue Han from Jabba, Luke doesn't even show up. He sends a hologram instead. And when Luke does show up and is sentenced to die in the belly of the Sarlacc, he's not particularly keen on dying right where he began, a stone's throw from the farm he had wanted so badly to leave. But to be fair, no one wants to die in the belly of the Sarlacc, and he's not even whiny about it like he would have been when he was younger. After he considers killing his own nephew, Luke decides he just doesn't want to play this game anymore, and he disappears himself to the distant world of Achtu where he can hide in peace. When Ray comes to find him, he's not happy about it. He doesn't want to train her. He doesn't like how she's handling her training, even though her training echoes his training under Yoda. Basically, he seems to be looking for reasons not to train her not to get involved in her cause, and not to leave his hiding place. This is about the time that he offers to torch the tree under which rest the sacred Jedi texts. But in the end, it really wasn't Luke's destiny to destroy the written wisdom. Yoda does it for him, torching the tree and the texts, and reminding Luke that what was in the books isn't as important as the Force. And then, just when we're not sure if he's going to come back and play the game after all, there's Luke. He's hanging with his sister, squaring off against his nephew, who for some reason is still angry that Luke had tried to kill him. You know, typical family reunion stuff. But Kylo can't kill Luke. He throws everything he has at him, and it just seems to go through him as though he were a... as though he were a... a hologram. But this isn't a proper technological hologram like the recording he sent to Jabba's palace. It's an astral projection, all the way from his hiding place on Achtu. He spread himself super thin, stretching halfway across the galaxy, working some top-tier force magic. He's doing everything he can to create a diversion for Leia and the rebels. He's doing too much. He can do this, but his body can't. Kylo's weapons can't hurt him, but accessing the Force on such a fundamental level and separating himself from himself so extremely is more than his physical form can weather. Saving his sister and the Rebellion, without offering again to hurt his nephew, is the last thing the living Luke Skywalker will ever do. And that was always his real destiny. Becoming a Jedi learning to use the Force, facing the fear and failure and darkness inside himself, these experiences led him to this moment, to this separation of himself from himself that allows him to do the impossible. And by doing the impossible, Luke saves this next generation of people fighting the good fight. You might be wondering, did Yoda know that this was Luke's true destiny? I think so since he's the one who first put it into words the very first night he met Luke. Never his mind on where he is, on what he is doing. Luke was on Tatooine, or in Yoda's hut on Dagobah, or in a hologram in Jabba's palace. But his head and heart were off finding his friends, or his father, or the peace of solitude. His body was on Achtu, but his mind 
was far, far away. Luke's final act, the culmination of his entire Jedi journey, is the most amazing example of close-up magic, and he trained his whole life to prepare for it. Thanks for joining me today. If you enjoyed it, please spread the word. If you want to check out my other content, you can visit my website at www.smrcooper.com. I hope you have a good week and that things go your way. And if you get a chance, watch a movie.